You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. All rise. Welcome to the Cyber Law and Business Report. Get the top story on the hot button internet legal topics of the day. This is your home for the latest on internet law and policy. Hear the latest net trends impacting business and have your questions answered right here. This is the Cyber Law and Business Report. Now, please welcome your host, the founder of the Internet Law Center, Bennett Kelly. Good morning. This is Bennett Kelly. Welcome to another edition of Cyber Law and Business Report. Please be seated. We've got a great show for you today. We're going to be talking about something that's very much in the news today, and that's Uber in crisis. Um, you may have seen the news that they've just fired 20 people in light of an investigation that had been conducted over several months concerning um, sexual harassment and other um, violations of policy at Uber. And um, so we have with us two longtime friends of this show, um, Dan Tynan, um, the esteemed journalist and former editor-in-chief of Yahoo Tech, and Brendan Tyne, Ty- Brenda Tynan, <laughs> why do I say Brenda Tynan? <laughs> oh, We're not married. Brenda Christensen, Brenda Christensen, the founder of Stellar PR, and uh, we are pleased to have you, and she's a longtime tech veteran as well, and a great friend of the both are great friends of the show. Um, before we start, remember that that cheesy '70s song, "The Night That Chicago Died." Um, you know, I'm probably just saying that will keep it in your head all day, and you'll hate me. But um, today's actually the the day Seattle died, and um, it is the day that Chief Seattle, um, whom oh. Seattle is named after, died. And it is actually a Lutheran um, feast day. He's been he apparently is a saint um, among Lutherans. So for those of you cel- celebrating Chief Seattle Day, um, um, here's to you and um, and to it, the great city it's named after. Um, have a great day. So getting back to, um, <laughs> I, I just couldn't Happy Chief Seattle Day to you too, Bennett. Exactly. <laughs> um, which you know, hopefully it's a sunny day. Um, Knowing Seattle, it probably isn't. But um, we have a very breaking news story here in Uber. And um, it's funny. I'm going back some years. And in 2014, um, 
we I did a post on Uber when all the, the various scandals seemed to be hitting at that time involving um, drivers being arrested for kidnapping, um, discrimination complaints, the fact allegations that it did a DNS attack on Lyft, and um, as well as um, you know kind of a number of privacy issues that came up. And at that time, um, the founder of one of the investors of in Lyft. Um, who is um, who we now know very well? Peter Thiel is um, called Uber the most ethically challenged company in Silicon Valley. And at that time, um, the Guardian asked the question: Is Uber the worst company in Silicon Valley? And so that that was back in the you know the the peaceful glory days of 2014, and somehow 2017. Has just been an unending barrage of negative press for Uber, and um, so how? Where, where do we begin to digest this? And do we Good have enough time? Question. I don't think an hour. Is exactly. Enough. Exactly. Right. Right. So just um, for well, background, I like to... before you, uh, sorry, just for on. background, there are show notes as usual on our blog at cyberlawradio.wordpress. And um, so we do have some background and links to information about the current situation at Uber. But go ahead, Dan. Well, I was going to start because we're going to spend the next 55 minutes or so trashing Uber, um, which is going to be fun. But I want to start with saying something positive about them so we're not entirely negative. And there are two things. And one is I was talking to um, Adam Lashinsky last night. He's an author of a book just came out called Wild Ride inside Uber's quest for world domination. And I said, Adam, tell me something positive about Uber. Tell me, you know, what's the main thing? And he says, well, you know, they managed to build a really big company out of nothing, right? It's now valued at a ridiculous $70 billion. And, you know, they started as an app, just, a, you know, a few guys in an office in San Francisco. So you got to give them prop, props for that. And the second sure. thing is, it's, it's a really good idea, actually. You know, the ability to call a ride to wherever you are as opposed to having to go where the rides are and to be able to handle the entire transaction on your phone is actually a really smart idea. So there, I've said two nice things about Uber, and now I'm done. Okay. <laughs> now that we have that, let the thrashing begin. All now right. Let the thrashing begin. <laughs> so, you know, the year didn't begin well for them. You had the you know, Uber, excuse me, you know, Uber's CEO, um, Travis Kalanick, was um, named part of the President Trump's kind of on council of business advisors and when the Trump travel ban went into effect it, he he was part of the collateral damage of that um you, they lost over 200,000 users right. delete, deleted the app which you know in the, in the scheme of things may not be that large but it was is definitely perceived as a, a blow sufficient enough for um Kalanick to 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 bolt from the the White House council uh, I did a presentation on this, and um, two weeks ago, and I, I used the GIF from um, Forrest Gump when you know he just runs, <laughs> he runs across the football field and doesn't stop. And I said that was Travis le- leaving the White House. But um, so, what do you what do you make of how the year and started? And um, or maybe a better question would be, you know, at the end of the year, we always talk about heroes and zeros. And clearly we have a zero, but this whole thing, the kind of unraveling of Uber began, I guess, by someone we could call a hero. And that is Susan Fowler, you know, someone who had been uh, with Uber 
and who decided um, after leaving to detail her very strange year uh, at Uber, which included um, being approached by her manager for sex on the very first day on the job. So um, maybe that's the way to approach it. <laughs> you mean that's the way to approach employees, Bennett? Oh, no, I, no. I was saying, you know, <laughs> you have, if you want to talk about heroes and zeros. At least a week, personally. Um, we we can approach it that way, but it just it started off bad with them in January with the fallout from Trump and the, the travel ban, and then boom, they had the sexual harassment. Probably wasn't the best phrase. Um, they had the sexual harassment allegations brought by Susan Fowler, which then just brought about um, more people coming out. And um, and you know, to Uber's credit, they immediately brought in um, former Attorney General Eric Holder to do an investigation. Um, but a lot of the employees there, there was over a hundred women who told the CEO, we don't need Holder. You know, this is a systemic problem. You, you, know, you don't need an outside lawyer who's charging you a thousand dollars an hour to tell you that we're here to tell you. Um, but I, you know, apparently he didn't listen. And, and in March, you know, board member Ariana Huffington was saying it was not a systemic problem. Well, guess what? You know, today's yeah. report of 20 employees being fired after, what are the numbers here? Out of um, 215 claims that they looked at, 54 were related to discrimination, 47 to sexual harassment, 45 to unprofessional behavior, 33 to bullying, and 36 to other type of claims. And um, they took action on 58 cases, and but there um, no action on 100, but the investigation is still ongoing. So my question is, did they fire the right person? And I don't think they did. Because the CEO is still in places. Yeah. Yeah. This is a, you know, and Brenda can probably speak to this as well. This is, you know, companies reflect their CEO. You know, they, they, you know, they take the lead from the CEO and they often will, you know, have the personality of the CEO. And we saw this with Microsoft and Steve Ballmer. Very aggressive. You know, and marketing, we saw it with Oracle and Larry Ellison. Uh, and we're yep. seeing it now with Uber and Travis Kalanick. So I don't care how many employees they fire for various reasons. Until they get rid of Travis, they're going to still be the Uber we've been talking about. And, and it's not just yeah. that. Go ahead, Brenda. Yeah. And on the PR, from the PR lens of this, you know, they're putting Ariana on the board to mitigate, you know, a lot of the culture issues really hasn't been effective, has it? Well, she did say that she would make sure that the results of the investigation were made public, and I guess you know, this report may be you know, filling, fulfilling her claim, but and not initially, no. I mean, in her, you know, she was just seen as an apologist um, right. for, for Travis and someone who clearly has a lot to gain from you know, Travis weathering the storm as a board member. Yeah, the, the mindful well, board member, right? Well, I'm curious, Brenda, you know, because this is, as Bennett mentioned earlier, in 2014, they had a whole rash of really bad stories. And then they, you know, hired a communications firm to sort of handle it. And now they're back in crisis communications mode. And I'm curious what Brenda thinks, being a communications professional, how she thinks they're doing in terms of handling their crisis communications. Um, There's two types of... uh Consultants in crisis communications, there's those that uh, are convincing and those that aren't and just want to get paid. And I guess is, my guess is that they are the latter. You know, I, I work with crisis 
before at the Fortune 100 level, you know, Domino's Pizza with the delivery crisis. And, you know, uh, we communicated to them, you know, the, the plan that they should execute far before there was a crisis. And, and um, they heeded our counsel. And, you know, I think it just goes part and parcel with the culture there at Uber is that Travis is right and what he says is gospel. So we all see, you know, how that's ended up. And related to that, you know, one thing that's happening there is there's this flight of top executives, and I believe one of them was the communications director. You know, they 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 just they either can't get their job done, they or they can't work in that environment. Yeah, it's, yeah. Um, yeah. It, it the same, must be really. Yeah, it it must be really tough. I mean, um, you know, we've heard a lot of really bad. You know, Amazon got a, a total hit. You know, and Bezos uh, sent out a letter around the corporate culture there. And I think it's, you know, it's endemic with tech. And um, I don't know, you know, the whole bro culture. And, you know, you succinctly put it, uh, you know, with the Uber logo on the Titanic and, and the bro culture. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens in the cycle of um, uh, culture wars, you know, coming up in here five years. You know, will the bro culture survive, right? So there's a New York Times, um, almost like a, a mass obituary of people um who have left yeah, uber and and um there's a there is rachel whetstone um right. that sounds so proper um and she was uh, at google for a decade a in charge of communication and then i know and then she joined uber in may 2015 lasted two years but she departed after tension with travis so i mean he is getting in the, in the way of this company weathering the storm and it's not just that you know there's the old metaphor of when in a hole don't dig and you know he he had some of his own behavior exacerbate what was going on you know the whole flare-up with his own driver that was caught on a dash cam and um and then you know they, they tried to get his girlfriend not to um kind of lie about certain things that had happened in the past on a, a trip to Seoul, where I guess they went to a karaoke brothel. Um, interesting combination. And, um, but, you know, th- that act actually, you know, she here's to someone who heretofore had never said anything about, you know, Travis and Uber, but now is f- offended that they're trying to make her lie that she says, you know, she, she tells a story and, uh, these are kind of personal failings of Travis actually now coming back to harm the company. Well, all of this, I mean, I was thinking about this yesterday and Uber really is like the Trump administration. I mean, their parallels are amazing. So the normal rules don't apply. Winning is the only thing that matters. They stiff their employees on a regular basis. It's a total bros gone wild culture. They were at war with the press and they have diehard fans who don't care. Do they? I think I mean, so. I think they have diehard fans, or they just have people who were who stuck with them because they were kind of first in the space. Well, it's the same thing, really. I mean, um, I'm always, you know, when I'm at events and people say, "Let's call an Uber," and I'm always saying, "No, let's call a Lyft," <laughs> because I don't use Uber, and I don't primarily because of all this news, and also because, you know, when I go and I'll take a ride from a ride-sharing service. A lot of these guys drive for both, or women drive for both companies. And I'll ask them, okay, how do these guys treat you? And almost to a person, 
They say Uber treats them like dirt. Wow. You say it like that. Like, <laughs> right. Well, you know, if you if you want to treat it like dirt, I understand there's certain brothels in Seoul where they sing and treat you like dirt. But um, yeah. So, but still, and I say, well, they ask me why don't you use Uber, and I explain, and they say, really, they had no idea about any of this. Wow. Can't tell you how many people I've I've given you know the recitation to, and it's like okay, well, did you know they did this and they did this and they did this? They go really no, so a lot of people just aren't paying attention. They're just tapping on their phones. Do you, do you think Travis can weather the storm? Um, I think as long as the VCs uh, and his board support him, then yes. Okay, it's all so, about money. So let's jump let's jump to that a little bit. You know, um, Mitch Camp. Kapoor, who's a Kapoor, I'm sorry, right. who um, founder of Lotus and the Electronic Frontier Foundation. So a major, uh, you know, legend, you would say, in Silicon mm-hmm. Valley, and who is also an Uber investor. He felt frustrated enough to do an open letter blasting the company and its management. Um, he said, we're speaking up now because we're disappointed and frustrated. We feel we have hit a dead end in trying to influence the company quietly from the inside. Uber's outside success in terms of growth and market share, revenues, valuation are impressive, but can never excuse a culture plagued by disrespect, exclusionary cliques, cliques, lack of diversity, and tolerance for bullying and harassment of every form. And that has to, when someone like Mitch says that, that has to, you know, dent his armor somewhat, I would think. Um, No? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> well, it's all about devaluation. It's all about right. people are hanging out for the IPO. And I got to say, just, just in general, valuations are insane. Um, you know, the stock market itself is insane. I could go off on that for a bit. It's, it's a large Ponzi scheme. But the notion that Uber is worth $70 billion just strikes me as absurd. Um, but until you know until the vcs get their money back until they're able to launch into the world i think we're stuck with uber as it is and and on that point then so is there collateral damage from uber so, so at the time uber is there the last round of kind of scandals in 2014 and 2015 there was part of it was was privacy related but there's always been throughout this kind of a, a bro culture issue and uh, a feeling that, you know, that women aren't treated well. Um, but at the time, you also had the Ellen Powell trial come right after. And there was a question about whether, you know, is this an Uber issue? Was this Silicon Valley as a whole? And, you know, and so at one point, there was actually an Uber employee, you know, who was talking to a recru- recruiter and um, trying to, you know, working, trying to get someone to come into Uber and the recruiter said that you guys have an awful reputation. And he just said, well, that's just the way Silicon Valley is as a whole. Get used to it. And, and so <laughs> the question then is, will, will Uber requ- make other people step forward at other companies? Or is Uber just so unique? There's only one you know, frat house in, in Silicon Valley, which I, I kind of suspect isn't the case. Definitely not. Um, okay, I can't remember. Ellen Powell? Is that how you pronounce her name? Yes. She was, uh, was it Kleiner Perkins? I can't remember. Exactly, I don't Kleiner Perkins, yes. Okay. And she lost her sexual harassment suit. She did. Oh, but in, in some ways, 
it became so well known. Um, she definitely. Well, it, it did. It did illuminate the practices that exactly. That happened on a I regular mean, basis. Time magazine or Newsweek had a cover: How Silicon Valley Views Women. Um, you know, it really did move uh, the chain, so to speak. It opened, it puts the Silicon Valley under scrutiny. And so, is this going to happen again, or is uh, this just, or is this well, an Uber story? It's definitely not just an Uber story. I mean, will America elect a pussy grabbing president? Never. <laughs> yeah, apparently, it will. <laughs> so, will Silicon Valley continue to treat you know women uh, like dirt? Uh, and treat their employees pretty much like dirt, except for the stars. Um, yes, they will, uh, until the market punches them for it. And who's going to? Who's out there to do that? True. Well, what's interesting to me, and I, I'm just opposing this to the, you know, the go-go '90s before the bubble burst, and um, there used to be a little bit more of a moral compass. A lot of times, you know, the uh, de facto. Um, procedure was, you know, the startup made millions of dollars and then the adults came in and, you know, the founder, the CEO would take a back seat, right? Um, but that doesn't seem to be the case so much anymore. Um, yeah, yeah, it's curious. Um, I mean, I'm, I, I you know, have a short list in my head of the founders who managed to survive. And it's like, well, Michael Dell, right. Mark Zuckerberg, yep. you know, Bill Gates, right. and then you yep. start to run out. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's usually the nerd because the companies are usually started by the nerd, right? They're started by the 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 brainiac with the with the brilliant idea, who implements it, and then the marketers take over. And then at some point, you need adult supervision, somebody who knows how to run a company. In this case, I'm not sure that Kalanick was the nerd. I think he was, you know, sort of the the, the, marketing. the marketing guy from the start, right? He was the he was the business strategy guy. But you know, and and his strategy is do whatever he feels like, and the rules be damned. So, speaking of adult supervision, uh, this is the point where I step in and say we have to take a short break. But we'll be back after these messages. You're listening to Cyber Law and Business Report only on Cranberry.fm. Stay tuned for more of the Cyber Law and Business Report after this brief recess for our sponsors. How much are your best ideas worth? PriorThings.com gives you an added layer of protection for all of your intellectual property, ideas, and creative things. New business idea, pitch deck, PowerPoint presentation, song lyrics, source code, killer blog posts. We help you protect it all. How do we do it? We use the same technology platform that secures transactions for Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. Learn more at PriorThings.com. Check out exclusive listener pricing for Cranberry Radio listeners by going to bit.ly slash Founders Circle. Is your website hacked? Is your website displaying error messages or loading slowly? Even if there are no signs of malicious activity, your site may still be compromised. Websites, like cars, require regular maintenance to perform at their best and not leave you stranded. At Fjord, our website maintenance experts can help you assess which one of our maintenance plans will best support your needs. Visit FjordDigital.com or call 612-877-3840 and get the support and protection your website and business deserve. That's F-J-O-R-G-E Digital.com. Looking for a white label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrand. 
Brands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. Content for your ears. And everything in between. Cranberry.fm The best gavel-to-gavel legal news and information on the net is right here. This is the Cyber Law and Business Report. Here is Bennett Kelly. And we're back. So we're talking with Dan Tynan and Brendan Christensen about the Uber crisis. And we've talked so far mainly about the sexual harassment scandals and the general leadership in bro culture under the CEO, Travis. And um, But there's actually two other elements to the scandal that we, we should highlight because it's, it's actually in some ways could be more significant because it involves criminal wrongdoing potentially. Um, one is the trade secret theft relating to – uh, allegations made by Google, um, and now it's spun off entity called Waymo, um, which kind of reminds me of Waymo, and um, and they've they've alleged that basically uh, Anthony Lewandowski, um, who at one point led Google's um, self driving efforts, has um, taken you know as many as fourteen thousand documents with him to Uber to help jumpstart Uber's own self driving. Um, program and um, when at the point when he took the fifth in in the the lawsuit um, brought by Google, it led to um, the federal judges actually referred the case to U.S. attorney for potential you know criminal action, and then um, you also have this issue of the gray ball um, mm-hmm. tool or program. Dan, can you explain what gray ball is? Yeah, sure. Um, so with grayballing, um, what, what Uber's been doing is they've been launching in cities without getting regulatory approval first because, you know, they're Uber and they can do what they want. So um, and so people, you know, local regulators have been attempting to catch them in the act by hailing Ubers. So what Uber did was they identified who the regulators were and they figured out how to keep them from actually getting an Uber. So they ha- how to geofence them uh, and um, basically prevent them from doing their jobs by preventing them from being able to hail an, order, an Uber to prove the Uber was operating legally. And that has also now been um, triggered in a criminal investigation by the Justice Department. So, um, you know, that's time to be a lawyer for Uber. Exactly. <laughs> um, you should get this gig, Matt. You should it, totally get this gig. They have, you know, they had just they had Perkins, they had Perkins and the Attorney General um, do the investigation into the former Attorney General, I should say, Eric Holzer, mm-hmm. do the investigation into the employment issue, and now they have two criminal investigations, and they, you know, they almost got dropped by Apple on their uh, iPhone because of they were fingerprinting the iPhone so that they could um, still monitor. Apple users, even after they tried to, you know, clean, you know, wipe wipe their 
phone clean. Like and and so, I mean, those are huge potential liabilities, you know, crim- two and criminal investigations, even if nothing happens, you know, the, the cost of it alone. Um, yeah, I, you know, who knows how those are going to play out. And maybe those will be the things that bring the management down. Uh, you know, that might be the, the settlement that they end up getting. Uh, or Uber could simply, again, going back to Trump, just keep them tied up in court forever. I mean, you know, as much as they can anyway, uh, with, you know, and extend it as long as possible. Extend it through the IPO. I really think that all of this, they're just driving towards their IPO where everyone's going to cash out. So Wait, but when Travis cashes out, becomes a billionaire, who cares what happens to him? Can that happen while this is pending? I don't know. Um, let me think about this. Has this happened in the past? Have companies been able to file publicly while under um, being sued? Probably. Well, I can't imagine a, that uh, that would prevent it. There's a difference between being sued. I mean, companies are sued all the time. Right. But this, this is right. um, this is not you know well, they're criminal under prosecution. Right? They're under not only just under investigation; they're under siege. It seems like. Hmm. Well, dude, you're the lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> can't they do that? <laughs> no, I mean, I, I'm sure they can. I'm just thinking, you know, anything can be done. But the question is, you know, in that environment, how 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 like you know how likely is it to succeed? And will you know will that you know somehow you know, be a drag on its ultimate value, or are they better riding the ship, um, getting rid of Travis so that they have a a seasoned CEO so investors feel comfortable bringing this to market? Knowing that, well, you know, since, since Travis is no longer at the helm, you know, the, whatever criminal consequences may exist, um, you'll, you'll get somewhat of a pass because you, you've at least you know, taken action and removed you know, the, what was likely the, the greatest cause. Yeah, it just makes me wonder what else they're doing we haven't figured out yet. I mean, a lot of this stuff came up in 2014. There were a number of uh, stories in addition to the others you mentioned. One was um, one of the top Uber executives, who's I think still there, Emil Michael, joking, quote unquote, about uh, hiring private investigators to dig up dirt on Sarah Lacey, who is the editor of Pando Daily and who has written a number of very critical stories about Uber, who's published them. Right. Uh, And that became a story in itself. And... uh, Literally three days later, there was another story about uh, one of the Uber executives using, quote, God view, unquote, and right. tracking a BuzzFeed journalist who was on, on her way to a meeting with him so he could isolate an individual user by name and follow them wherever they go. That is pretty serious stuff. Well, they also tracked Rides of Glory. Do you remember that? Yes. Right. Oh, that, that, that was an advertising campaign, right? No. They were actually tracking what they perceived as one night stands. So right. if, if someone rise of glory, yeah, yeah. So if you if you got dropped off late at night and then picked up early in the morning, um, it, right. it was presumed that that's why you were there, and they were tracking where these occurred. Yeah, yeah. So horrible privacy violations targeting individuals, not even aggregates, but individuals. Um, and that was three years ago. And so who knows what they're still doing and, and you know, right. and what kind of violations. And the en- yeah, and the, un- and the enroll me thing. I mean, that was heinous, the enroll me thing that the New York Times outed them for. And, 
client and my managed methods handles a lot of, you know, prevents that. And, but, you know, it's, it's, you know, keeping with our Titanic theme, I'm sure it's just the tip of the iceberg, you know, God only so, knows what else they're doing. So Brenda, you, as the, you know, the consummate PR professional, you get a call from Travis. One, do you take it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd put him over my knee and spank him, but he'd probably like it. He would. <laughs> He'd want you to videotape yeah. it. Um, right. <laughs> yeah. So, It'll be interesting if it happens. I mean, um, you know, are the adults going to step in? And, you know, a lot of this, and, and forgive me for my um, conspiracy theorist uh, attitude, but, you know, I come from a, a family from the deep state, NSA and other, and I'm wondering how much Uber is in cahoots with the government, you know, like Bezos is with the mm. CIA. And maybe that's affording them some protections. Well, he's, Ooh, like he's he has two criminal investigations, one and a half criminal investigations pending. So, um, will, remains to be seen how how much protection he has. But um, in addition, we we keep thinking saying as Uber as a a U.S. company, which it is, but Uber is also trying to penetrate foreign markets. And to the extent that they might, be, to the extent they might be getting away with that here, can they get away with that there? Yeah, that's a good question. I, certainly not in Germany. Um, I'm curious. I am looking at the they published transparency report, uh, and they published it last year as well, which indicates it's mostly about requirements by legal authorities. How many times they've been asked by the legal authorities to present information on either riders or um, uh, drivers and um, they don't this is just domestic they don't present the international because they don't have that data available mm -hmm. yet but a couple things that are fascinating one is how many uber drivers there are there are there were more than 300,000 drivers in California that had to you know you know report on their locations uh, as, a, as a result of meeting regulations um, and there are a couple of thousand legal requests uh, on rider accounts and driver accounts. Just so the police saying, so, you know, did you pick this person up here and did you drop them off there? And that right. Kind of thing. Now, and, you know, it's, you know, kudos to, to Uber for actually reporting it because they, they aren't legally required to report this. But it shows you that law enforcement is well aware of, you know, these services and how they may be used to aid and abet in a crime or at least, you know, um, transport potential criminals around. Uh, and how much of it is available? I mean, how private it isn't. So let's look at it from another perspective. They've just bled a n number of people. Can Uber recruit quality people in, under these conditions? Do you mean people who work in the back office or people who drive? Because they I'm in the back office. I'm thinking, no, I'm thinking right. the back office. Yeah. You know, if they pay enough salary, people do it, honestly. I mean, really? If, if the position is good, people need jobs. <laughs> That's you know, true. I, it's like, I think more power to you if you stand on principle and say, no, I'm not going to work for this company because I don't think it's ethical. Uh, and I think there will be people like that. And they may have problems probably at the higher level of recruiting executives who are, 
you know, visible, as you said in that New York Times story, like the 20 little gravestones for executives that have left over the last couple of years. I mean, when you're in the public eye, it's a whole different thing. Right. So I think maybe at a certain level, although they just hired someone from Apple, was it like two days ago? They hired a brand marketing manager from Apple. It's a big Good. deal. Let me think about this. Yeah. Um, I'm wondering too, you know, a lot of times um, in the hiring side and in the culture and um, public relations, I've seen tech companies migrate over, you know, I mean, the classic cases, you know, Apple hiring, you know, the Pepsi guy. Um, you know, I wonder yeah. if they'll go into more of, you know, um, state line corporate America, you know, maybe pull Goldman Sachs guy or uh, a, a woman from, you know, even, you know, a Johnson & Johnson retail brand. Right. So the person, the person they hired, and which was announced yesterday, was a woman named Bozama St. John, uh, a very stylish-looking black woman who was in charge of Apple Music marketing. So they managed to get their diversity news out in the public really quickly. <laughs> and did she exactly. give interviews or no? Yeah. yeah. What did so, she say? Um, let's see. Wow. wow. Yeah, I think I suspect we'll see a lot more of those kind of um, PR-flavored, you know, hiring plays and um, trying to mm -hmm. boost the image, you know. But um, I think that the biggest challenge for them, like we've been talking about, is going over into foreign markets and, um, you know, and getting back to, um, you know, how much they collaborate with the U.S. government. Um, if they have a favorable position there, the U.S. government certainly will make that easy for them um, on that level because they certainly have access to a lot of data that the U.S. government would and likes to have right. on, um, yeah, mm -hmm. on citizen movement especially. And um, I'm done with my conspiracy theory now. Okay. Uh, oh, keep going. I like your conspiracy theory. Do, do, Oh, well, I, I know it. I know it's true. I know it's true. Yeah, it's true with uh, Bezos, and it's true with Facebook, of course. And um, so, you know, I'm guessing that they they collaborate and collaborate. So, you know, their entry into the foreign markets will be assisted by the U.S. government for sure. Interesting. So, um, and we're broadcasting live from the the soundstage where Apollo landed on the moon, but. Um, <laughs> Hey, that's right. I was you were behind actually. that. But yeah. Any, any event. So where do you think Uber will be a year from now? Mm. Putting out more fires. Um, what's, what's interesting to me about Uber and in, interesting and a little frightening is the fact that how aggressive they are about self-driving cars. Right. So, I mean, you might that they're Is that a technology innovation or is that a labor cost issue? Oh, it's totally a labor cost issue. That's yeah. all it is. I mean, they are, you know, you know, you can argue about whether they're innovating if they've, you know, allegedly taken their ideas from Google. So uh, I wouldn't necessarily say that Uber's innovating there, but what they are is they're being very aggressive about deploying. Uh, and that's kind of a number of impacts, one of which is, of course, all these people who are driving for 30 or 30 bucks an hour are not going to be driving for them right. in a few years. Right, it's going to be robocars, and then you know there's going to be issues about robocars. I mean, one the thing that could probably bring Uber down more than anything is if some of the robocars start crashing and killing people. 
Well, I mean, Uber has had an accident. And in fact, Uber's self-driving yeah. technology, Recently. it hasn't been self-driving. Um, on average, yeah. they need a human to take over less than a mile. is 0.8 miles. That's how far they can go on average without human intervening. Where in contrast, uh, Waymo can go as much as 5,000 miles. Yeah, so so you worry about this. This is, this is kind of like a bad combination of factors. We have this driving technology that isn't fully baked yet. We have a company that is extremely aggressive about deploying things without even regard to regulations. I mean, they were forced to pull their cars out of San Francisco last December because they didn't bother to spend 150 bucks to get a permit. 150 bucks. And there's another, there's another there's another force to bear on this. I mean, let's talk about drone deliveries, right? Right. People aren't yeah. driving to the grocery store. You know, people aren't, right? Um, they're getting more and more stuff delivered at home or wherever they are via drones, so that's also going to impact them. And, um, yeah, so we'll have to see. I mean, their whole business model is going to have to shift. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, it makes but, a lot of sense to have cars as a shared resource. But, you know, I, I feel more comfortable if it was a Google that is very careful and smart sure. about doing it and far less comfortable if it's an Uber that's doing it. But the, there is an assumption that consumers will be okay with a driverless car. Mm-hmm. And that, that's true, and, it's, and people may not be. But the fact is, if you uh, have bought a car recently, you have a lot of that technology built into it. I mean, it's, it's a creep. It's a gradual creep of the technology. It starts with things like adaptive cruise control mm-hmm. and lane change, lane departure assist and automatic parking. And all of these things were developed. They came out of Carnegie Mellon. And, right. and the guys who ran the Carnegie Mellon program were hired by Google. And then so that's where the, it's all coming from. And then their work, yeah, so, apparently, or as Google alleges, was taken to Uber. So, yeah, Detroit Homegirl. It's already out there. Well, yeah, Detroit Homegirl. I've got to bring in the um, automotive angle oh, here. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> Ford is Ford is actually starting a campaign, speaking of PR, to get the consumer used to the idea of not owning a vehicle and alternative right. methods of mobility, you know, including they've, they've created some kind of, like, weird um, – it's not like a Segway, but it's some kind of like scooter board thing that's um, automated, you know, and you step on it and and it's ideal for urban communities. Right. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of market forces on the market right now. Interesting. But one market force we must abide by is our commercial break, but um, we'll be right back. We'll talk more about Uber and Detroit and beyond. Um, you're talk, listening to Cyber Law and Business Report only on cranberry.fm. Stay tuned for more of the Cyber Law and Business Report after this brief recess for our sponsors. Looking for a better way to get more traffic and interaction to your Facebook page? Imagine Facebook interactivity on your page like you've never seen. Introducing your new Facebook marketing fix. So Social, the new and revolutionary way to easily manage and automate your Facebook contests and sweepstakes. Create a fun, easy-to-win contest by writing a simple Facebook post. Watch your post go more viral and generate loads of interaction. Track your traffic and generate email lists with ease. So Social is mobile-friendly and complies with Facebook terms of service. Let So Social give your Facebook page some flash today. Zoom over to zosocial.com. You look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? 
It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Content for your ears and everything in between. Cranberry.fm The best gavel-to-gavel legal news and information on the net is right here. This is the Cyber Law and Business Report. Here is Bennett Kelly. And we're back and we're talking with Dan Tynan and Brenda Christensen about the ever-burgeoning Uber scandal. And um, before we go back to that, Dan, as a as a Bay Area resident, I want to give you a chance to crow a little bit about your Warriors. Oh, are they okay. are they going to sweep? <laughs> Don't say that. You're just going to jinx them. I am so paranoid after last year that I am like I am assuming nothing. So uh, I actually do think that Cleveland will win at least one game at home. I mean, just for pride, point of pride. Uh-huh. Um, you know, and for all we know, they could tie up the series. I mean, people make presumptions about the finals too quickly, I think. because That's true. That's having, true. You know, and having witnessed a lot of Lakers-Boston, you know, finals in the 80s, um, you know, one team dominates the game, the next game, the next team dominates. Right. So I am I am withholding judgment. It, it is kind of, it, it is curious that so far um, with this remarkable matchup of, you know, legends on both sides, uh, that the uh, actually the the Stanley Cup Finals with the unknown Nashville Predators and their crazy um, catfish throwing fans has been a lot more exciting. <laughs> we need more catfish. That's what we need. I think. I, I, I was in, when I was in Vegas. I was asking people there what would they throw onto ice, and they said poker chips. <laughs> Makes sense. So going going to Uber. Um, we're talking. We were first, we were going. We we're talking about Detroit. Why does Detroit not want people to buy cars? Is this reverse psychology? <laughs> I'm gonna let Brenda answer this because she's the native. Yeah, Detroit homie. Um, you know, it's it's one of these cultural shifts where more people are moving to urban centers and away from from rural areas. Um, this has been a societal change over the last generation. So, um, you know, automotive companies are really, really, really good at predicting um, social outcomes and being ahead of those. So that that would be my best guess is that they're looking at the probability of even, you know, driverless cars are not going to really be effective even in urban environments, you know, in the next 10 years, decade. They, you know, they have to start the production lines way ahead of time. You know, they think out 10, 15 years, right? So um, that's my guess. But this is the same Detroit that thought out 10, 15 years and thought huge, you know, um, boat size um, sedans were the answer <laughs> when in the age when we had the energy crisis coming. Right. Well, yeah. Um, well, they, they learned Yeah, that was that was a political um, that was a political strategy actually. So you know, you can't anticipate everything. 
But one of the things, and this is changing the subject, I wanted to get this in before the end of the show, is, you know, the human element of um, being a CEO of a company or a C-level. You know, we all know what um, sh- um, uh, Cheryl, Cheryl went through with Facebook, you know, and how it impacted, you know, the culture there at Facebook with the death of her husband. And, you know, I was thinking last week, you know, um, how Travis lost his mother. Apparently he was very attached mm-hmm. to her. And I was wondering if that would have any impact, you know, on his behavior. Um or even if he would step down or that would influence him, you know, to continue and dig in harder. It, it is, it obviously, these those type of events are, you know, significant moments. And they do f- cause people to reassess and, you know, change and evaluate. Um, you know, there's a book out that just came out yesterday about Bobby Kennedy. And it goes from the date of his, his brother's death to... Um, two years, two years before his his own death, when he was speaking in South Africa on June sixth, nineteen sixty six, and it's just his evolution from being this kind of ruthless. He was known as a ruthless, you know, campaign operative to somewhat of a of a fighter, an outsider, and um, so these things happen. Yeah. Um, in terms of odds, I would, if I had $1,000 to put down uh, on that or versus the Cleveland Cavaliers, I'd put it on the Cleveland Cavaliers. <laughs> <laughs> Don't jinx me. Yeah. Don't jinx me, Bennett. <laughs> no, that wasn't, that wasn't a, a plug for the Cavaliers. Um, <laughs> it, it's, it's just, I just, it, it passed his prologue and, uh, I'm not sure he yeah, he's that person yet, but we you know right. who knows who knows everyone can transform. Yeah, and companies can transform. Now, again, I'm going to go back to the Microsoft example. I mean, Microsoft really was Steve Ballmer, you know, magnified by 10 million, right? His personality is bombast, his arrogance, the whole nine yards, and then he left, and then right. uh, I can't pronounce it. Nadella, Nadella came in, and suddenly Microsoft's a different company. I mean, they're still enormous. Right. They still have a lot of problems, but now they're suddenly seen as not so much the bad guys anymore. They're a lot more innovative. Uh, they have interesting products. They're in the game again, and so I think that can that can totally happen to a company like Uber. They can do uh, kind of a turnaround uh, with the right leadership. So we only have a few minutes left, and so I want. Do you guys have anything you guys want to get out there about in terms of what you're what's coming up for you? Oh, well, well I, a couple things for me. One is I think I think people need to be, when they you know decide what apps they use, what services they use, what products they buy, et cetera, I think people need to be more mindful. They need to be more conscious of the companies they're dealing with and not just go with the most convenient thing. And, you know, you know vote with your feet, vote with your fingers, right? And say, well, you know, I don't support this company's policies, so I'm not going to use them. I'm going to go with the competitor. And when you have that choice, you should make that choice. And in this case, that might be a company that rhymes with um, miffed. Or grift. (laughs) Something like that, yes. (coughs) Brenda? Sure, you know, I'm always um, thinking the security angle. So, you know, not only vote with your your fingers and your, um, your footsteps, but also, you know, protect yourself when you're out there. So, you know, you're not susceptible to companies like Uber who are selling your data, right? You know, to um, cool companies like Unroll Me, that type of thing, um, or vice versa. So, you know, 
can never well, be too secure. That's true. Um, I do have one plug, and Dan, I don't know if you'll be going to this, but um, next Monday, June 12th, which is George um, H.W. Bush's birthday, is the 14th annual Stanford Best Practices Conference in Palo Alto, and I will be moderating a panel on um, targeted advertising. And um, so um, if you're, those of you who are going to be at Stanford next Monday, I look forward to seeing you. And next week, we'll also have Michelle Ferrier, who is the founder of Trollbusters. So anything else before we leave? Well, uh, yeah, I haven't heard yeah. I'm sorry? I, I didn't hear what you said, Brenda. Oh, I said I'm kind of disappointed we didn't have too many jokes this time. Oh, we had a few <laughs> here and there. <laughs> but we'll, 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 we will have you back. Uh, of course, as it, for those of you who have listened to the show before, know that Brenda and Dan are, are the star feature of our annual Heroes and Zeros show where we, we highlight the, the best and worst of the Internet at the end of the year. And clearly we, we know um, we have some zeros on, in this topic. But um, so I look forward to having you guys back then. Uh, I want to thank everyone for joining us. Again, check out our show notes at cyberlawradio.wordpress.com. And um, we'll be back here next week, again, talking about Trollbusters, interesting concept. And again, thanks to our good friends, um, Dan and Brenda. It's been great having you again. Have a great week. Go Warriors. And um, good go up. Catfish. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Take care. And check out the Internet Law Center at internetlawcenter.net. Bye-bye. opinions expressed are those of the hosts and their guests and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of Cranberry News Marketing and Cranberry.fm. Rebroadcasts or retransmission of this content without proper consent is prohibited. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.